welcome to Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we explore the local arts culture in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll explore all types of mediums with a goal of enriching local art culture. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Elise. And thanks for tuning in. Elise, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about a few ceramics pieces that you were working on. So for Mother's Day, my brother, sister, and I um, took our mom over to a hand-building pottery workshop at the art establishment in Fountain Hill. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, so that's actually the second or third time I've been there for a hand-building workshop. And if you're not f- not familiar, and I didn't even know this term until <laughs> we went to this workshop, um, but it's the process of building something from ceramics like you might do um, when you do it in like high school or in hmm. in an art class in high school where you uh, work with ceramics on the table and piece it together versus like working on a wheel. Um, So we did, this was like a wine cup pottery workshop. So we were making cups and then shaped around a wine bottle, but you could design them however you liked. Oh, super cool. Yeah. So I ended up doing some kind of funky ones. Now you share most of those on the story, right? I did. Yeah. They're they're actually on my, on my Instagram. Um, And the art establishment shared those. So thank you. Um, and they're the the unfinished pieces so far, but I did one of my favorite cryptid Mothman, <laughs> um, like in a little forest. And then yeah. I did one of um, the scream, like the scream painting being beamed up by a UFO. <laughs> That's amazing. So some kind of fun twists on uh, things that I like and uh, what is it like conspiracy cryptid kind of stuff. And yeah. then uh, a little bit of alien art fun so i like it yeah it was a a great a great workshop um the art establishment does all kinds of workshops this one was like a one day you came for a couple hours ones they also do like more long-term classes so if you're interested you want to check those out um their website is the art establishment studios.com they have a ton of cool stuff that's awesome and who is leading that class yeah so i want i wanted to give a shout out to um rachel from ray beam ceramics her instagram is at ray beam ceramics um she teaches actually all of the hand building workshops i've been to there and she's going to be on the podcast in a couple weeks oh that's exciting thank you rachel uh you're an awesome instructor and i'm really excited to have you come in and talk about your pottery work yeah we're super excited to have you on rachel All right. Well, this week we have a conversation with a group called the Witherbees. The Witherbees are a folk jazz band started in 2018 by Lehigh Valley based guitarist Mike Lorenz and singer violist Jackie Armbruster. Their debut was called A Must for Your Record Collection by Cadence Magazine. They'll release their second album, Love Letter, on June 4th, 2021. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Well, for those listening, yeah, the Witherbees is more than the two of you. Yeah. So let's go through all four band member names. Sure. The band is a f- like in its fullest form is a four piece. So me, my name's Mike Lorenz. I play guitar. And when it's not like a performative thing, I guess I do a lot of like the logistics and stuff. Like we do a lot of our booking or work with like, you know, the, the production side of things too. Yeah, so that's you do the arts administration. Yeah, for yeah, the band. yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, and I am Jackie Armbruster. I write some of the songs, and I sing, and I play the viola. Jackie does the a lot of the artwork too, or at least oh, like yeah. consult on it. I might do the layout oh, awesome. stuff, or like some of the like 
design. I have no background in it, but it's just like yeah. something that I've tinkered with to being an artist. You have to do that like shuffle to learn stuff. So Jackie does a lot of our artwork. That's um, super cool. Yeah. And then uh, two like great friends of ours, like one, a newer friend for us, Kyle Andrews plays drums with us. He started playing with us December, 2019, the perfect timing. Um, but yeah, he's great. He, he's someone like, I think something that is unifies all of us is that we all love songs. And so he loves country music and plays with some like friends of his that do country music or like do country music. And he just brings that element of loving the service of a song. Like, you know, let's make this, this is about the song. It's not about how much I can play or whatever. Yeah. So he's just such a wonderful, like, a, I don't know, addition to the band, I guess. It sounds kind of cliche to say stuff like that, but yeah, um, he's great. And then a longtime friend of mine, I was just talking to somebody, Justin and I have known each other for 13 years now. So like one of the first people I met in Philadelphia when I started working in Philadelphia, uh, Justin Sekoleski. Um, And so he's uh, upright bass and um he's our brand ambassador sometimes you know, <laughs> you know it, it comes up with ideas like you know it's like we should get sponsored you know like let's let's pitch to uh i don't know patagonia or something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool yeah hey. yeah so your new album love letter is releasing june 4th yeah 2021 what's the best place for listeners to find that Cool. Well, it should, it'll be on all streaming platforms. So that's the most convenient place to find it. Um, but our band camp, which if you go to the witherbees.com, take you right to our band camp page and that's where you can get it directly from us. You know, what's the term direct to consumer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the best place. We have some really fun like merch that we made for, we have like pins and cds and flexi discs that we made for this record and we have our other stuff on there so that's probably the best place to hear it for yeah. uh, as far as we're concerned that's and then um, cool. we're doing a live stream uh on Bandcamp on the day of the release june 4th and then playing in easton at connections gallery on june 5th so those are probably the best places to engage with what we do too awesome. that's awesome and yeah. we'll, we'll make sure to share that on all of our platforms too and then the the link to their website will be in the bio of the episode Sick. so yeah check that out as well yeah everyone definitely go check out this pin this pin is amazing <laughs> jackie did you did you design the pin i did yes that is one of I my love chunky it. bees <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome. so good so the classification of the witherbees music tends to be a mixture of folk and jazz how does that relate to your personal listening habits for mine it doesn't really i don't listen to a lot of like folk music i listen to i guess like a lot of jazz and improvised music but i think a lot of the artists that we really mutually admire um, kind of have this like Americana kind of vibe to some of them or like an edge to them or they dabble in things outside of just jazz in a traditional sense, you know? Mm So a lot of them happen to be guitar players too, which I feel like, I feel like I had an identity crisis as a guitarist for a long time. And now I finally feel like I'm a guitarist at this state in my life or this time in my life but so like bill Forsell, who has lots of music that is like americana tinged or like nels klein who plays in wilco who's one of our favorite bands uh, um, or a guitarist like julian lodge we both really love mm. like sam amadon is a person that speaks oh, yeah, to yeah, both yeah. of us and like is very much like rooted in like folk and like americana music but like is also like highly improvisatory and like open mm. and that's those are all qualities that we like value a lot. Um, 
And yeah, genre is like such a complicated thing to try to unpack. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think if we, because we have to <laughs> have a label for it, like, yeah, jazz and folk is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. like sometimes you listen to stuff and Sam Amidon's a great example of like, I feel like more and more you hear artists, like new artists, and they have all the skill sets of a jazz musician, which mm. I think is like flexibility, openness, like a level of like virtuosity on their instrument or with their voice, uh, depth of knowledge, like all these things. But then they're not playing jazz. Like someone like Sam Amidon, mm -hmm. I think has all the flexibility and like mm. just he's amazing. If you haven't listened to his music, you should check it out. And yeah, but he plays like, you know, American folk music and arranges it and kind of takes it apart and stuff. And I think he's brilliant. And yeah, so that's definitely, I, yeah. How did I forget to mention it? It's such a big influence on like our aesthetic. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Hi. I'd love to talk more about this new upcoming record love letter. Sure. I was able to check out your live performance that you had on YouTube and I'd love to hear about the process of, of how you guys did that. Up until like recently, it was pretty involved to like instrumental and in, in some of the stuff that they're, uh, that was happening at the ice house, which the ice house is like a venue in Bethlehem on, uh, North side of Bethlehem, right on the canal. And, um, it's a great space for theater, music, dance. And, and I was kind of like on their kind of like, uh, I don't know what to call it. Like they're kind of the, they not a board, but it was sort of like a casual kind of board of directors or something. And I was part of that until recently. And so um when everything shut down like just over a year ago the ice house had a full schedule for 2020 uh schedule for 2021 it's like how do we shift and so we were kind of the the first act to present this like virtual ice house series mm -hmm. and so um we were trying to i mean like yeah it's funny to think back to last year it was just like trying to do like whatever we could <laughs> to try and be like an artist or a band or like anything you know and it's just like and it does it feel right. Does it feel safe? Like, does it feel mm. good? And it's just like, it was, it felt like desperate in a way or something like, let's just make something please. Like, cause the summer for me always feels like that's like high harvest for like making stuff, you totally. know? And, and last summer it was not a thing as much. So that's how that came about. And, you know, we're, we're, I think it's a good little snapshot of like where, we are as a band, but it's such an interesting, like just kind of moment in time yeah. that exists as this little blip because like so much space before it, so much space after it in terms of like time and everything. And, um, but yeah, we're like proud of that performance. I think it's a cool introduction to like what we do and how a show might sound if you came to see us, which you can soon, yeah. you know, we're doing some stuff. We're playing at connections in Easton to celebrate the release of our record. We're doing that June 5th. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, that's a good, good window into like what happens when we play together. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the, the mix of stuff from your first record covers and a lot of stuff from the new one coming out. Yeah. We did morning and some stuff was cut, I think from the thing, but we played to be free and mm -hmm. a lot of stuff from the new record. Yeah. So the two instrumentals that I wrote for the new record we did. Um, yeah. We kind of covered a lot of bases. I don't remember what we played from the, Oh, we played like lilac and stuff from our oh, first. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's a very fuzzy memory <laughs> that, <laughs> that set. So, but yeah, um, that's like definitely a snapshot, some instrumental stuff, a lot of stuff from the new record, some older stuff, not as many covers as we might've played in the past, mm. you know, but yeah, definitely a good snapshot of like what we do. Live performances. 
is there a favorite of yours like as the Weatherbees group one that just the energy was so good like the music was so good everything was awesome and you look back on it as this like golden performance <laughs> i don't know I've, i always have so much fun when we play but i i think like it probably for me either like when we played music fest in 2019 that was pretty fun and also when we played godfrey daniels those mm-hmm. were two good ones yeah i think like yeah those two performances definitely like are kind of like high water marks or for like us developing as a band but i feel we put on a really amazing show like january 2020 yeah i totally blanked on that one yeah um where we like i mentioned we there's like uh, our first record there's a different drummer on that record now we have our friend kyle uh, kyle andrews playing drums and and it was like one of his one of his first shows with us and we put on the show at the ice house friends of ours played there were three bands including us like we put the whole thing together yeah and the energy was just like really wonderful so that's probably oh nice that's, that's probably a really like a high point for playing as a yeah. band <laughs> but i remember like that music fest show a couple years ago was also the day we released our first record mm-hmm. i remember we because it's a big stage and a sound system and stuff we could play quieter than we had ever played before mm-hmm. oh, okay. and we like went really did we really explored that at that show i felt like yeah it was also just really cool being in like a theater as opposed to like a brewery or just like a place where like conversation is happening. Mm. Like we were the focus so we could have those really intimate moments, which was really, really great. Mm. I want to go back a little bit to the ice house, like the video performance yeah, and kind of navigating quarantine um, as a band, because for a, a visual artist or for an individual musician, you can sit at home and work on your stuff in isolation if you want to and be as productive as you like. But for people that play together, that's like a really difficult thing to navigate. So how'd that work? Were you doing like Zoom stuff? or <laughs> We rehearsed when we could. It was only really a handful of times because half of the band lives in Philadelphia. And mm. so, I mean, we're like... It wasn't quite as scary for us, but like with them being in, you know, Philly, it was like Mm. mostly, you know, when they were comfortable, like felt okay. And like, yeah, we just had a couple like very productive, socially distanced rehearsals and like just did a lot of organizing like virtually to make sure that we were all in a good place individually because the time that we had together was like so precious. That's super cool. Yeah. When it comes to the Lehigh Valley, how long have you both been here? I have lived here my whole life. Uh, I was born in Allentown. Um, Yeah. And I've been like part of the music scene um, professionally, I guess, since I was like 15. I used to just do a lot of like acoustic guitar, strummy. Yeah. Played like all the farmer's markets. And I used to do like the open mic at Connections in Easton and um yeah and then i went to the charter arts high school so i've been like out and about in the valley for ever basically <laughs> yeah and you're, you're a multi-instrumentalist right yeah um i'm i'm a violist also like classically trained i go to school for classical music so that's kind of like i can't say it's my main gig but it is a gig and then yeah also i play guitar and sing so. that's super cool hey. yeah yeah, I, I um well, I grew up in like Upper Bucks County, spent a lot of time in Doylestown at like Siren Records. 
some places like I love records, so which I should have said before we were talking about <laughs> releasing stuff, but yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, making stuff is always like part of the process for me. But um, yeah, so I grew up in Upper Bucks County and um, playing guitar in high school and like sort of like, oh, I'll study music and ended up at Moravian in 2003. And I so I've been in the Lehigh Valley, like kind of in and around the Lehigh Valley since like 2003. I have like kind of formative memories of going to music fest as a little kid and stuff like that. And I have like some kind of really nice memories of seeing just like a local band play their music or a local guitarist, or sometimes it would be like, you know, maybe a touring group would come through, but they were playing some free stage that was just yeah. like set up, you know, on a street and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I have some like kind of formative memories of being in Bethlehem and being in the Lehigh Valley around that. But yeah, really, it's been since like 2003 with a little brief stint in Philadelphia, like in 2008 to 2012 or so. I've been back up here since 2012 and yeah, teaching at the arts high school for eight years now and kind of part of the thing, I guess. Or I hope I am. <laughs> yeah. And what made you both decide to stay in the valley? Kind of like hustling around and playing guitar and then like getting in, you know, in and out of the car, like constantly teaching guitar lessons, going to the gig, like mm -hmm. because this gig pays 20 bucks and you get home at two in the morning and this pay, gig <laughs> like sucks the life out of you and it pays 300 bucks. And this one, you know, and this person doesn't show up for life, all this stuff. The, the, the. And then I was just kind of like, like a, you know, leaky faucet of like money living in Philadelphia. Cause I was mm. trying to hang out, but then a lot of my work was up here because of going to school up here. Yeah. And then I just moved back up here, lived with a friend. And then like shortly thereafter, the job that I have, which grew into the job that I have now at the charter high school opened up. And so that gave me this like foundation, you know, that I didn't have freelancing. So that's why I kind of st stuck in up, up here or in the Lehigh Valley, like, and I have a house and like at the time, like, you know, buying a house is like more reasonable and stuff like that so it's like nice to have yeah. a space to stretch out and not have to do all those things i think that's like probably the best part of it for me or at least yeah. as like a musician it's like oh i don't have to be in the car like every day driving to this thing and the next thing to do whatever it is to for someone to give me some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know it's like i have this job that pays most of my bills and i can do gigs that i feel good about and play music that i feel good about that's awesome you yeah. know so that's a big part of it for me yeah, definitely one of our themes is like the day job and like what do you do in your day job to okay. make your art happen kind of thing. But it seems now like especially with musicians that it's so much integrated like you can't you can't separate it like your day job is making music and then you go home and you make art still and it's Yeah, yeah it's hard. Awesome. I, I um I was just telling a student today that when we were teaching remotely. I was like at home with my stuff all the time and I was like I was playing guitar all the time and stuff and like maybe writing a little bit in the middle of the day mm. or working on some other thing like for our band or whatever it may be and now i'm like at school and i get home and it's like couch lock you know <laughs> like i'm just like i'm kind of tired you know and i get that yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's interesting and it can be hard i used to have it where like from doing school all day and it being music like my ears would be tired i would drive to a gig and not listen to anything you know like just <laughs> silence stuff because so it's it's really tough to like I mean, it's, I sound like I'm complaining or something, but it's an interesting challenge or an interesting thing to navigate the waves of like the day job, not being the creative thing as the artist, but it 
in, is intertwined with your art, then how do you generate the energy to do your art when you get the time? Yeah. That's a, it's right. a hard balance. Yeah, definitely. I feel like for me, like I'm currently a student, so I have had the like internal struggle of like the academic music that I learn and then comparing that to the music that I want to make when I'm done. And like, by the time I'm done, you know, preparing a recital, learning my orchestra music, like, do I still want to play guitar at the end of the night or do I just want to like pass out? I think keeping that balance and like trying to keep things that, you know, make you happy and not just the like checking off boxes is like so, so important. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> that, that struggle of being in art school, but also completing assignments while wanting to do your own thing on top of that, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I, I ran into that same problem was when I was in film school. I was given all these assignments and I'm like, this is cool and I understand the merit and wanting to do this, but it's not what I have an interest in making in general. So then you finish that and it's like, I just spent six hours on set. Do I really want to go over to another set and spend six more hours overnight? Because that's the only free time that I have. And the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. There's like a cliche or like a joke about jazz musicians or it's like jazz musicians, the only people that are like play a gig for a hundred bucks, then go to someone else's gig and play for free afterwards. Yeah. You know, because people like get on the hustle of like going to a jam session or going to see their friend play and like sitting in or something. And that's how you network and like that kind of music. Yeah. It's just so fun. But yeah, it's such like a grind. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. totally. I play Celtic music and like, I totally feel that like, you'll go and play like a set and then go and like jam with somebody in their backyard or something. And right. so you just play for hours and hours on end. And it's, it's awesome. But it's also like, where's the separation between like, yeah. what are you getting paid for? And what, like, what do you want to do kind of thing? Mm. Oh yeah. So, it's yeah. so, it's interesting. I mean, we are talking about like, just oh this is like good music or this person is good at music you know and like yeah you could say like jazz celtic whatever it is like everybody does that stuff (laughs) it's so funny to think like you know it's not just jazz musicians like everybody goes and just gives does their thing for free because they want to yeah yeah and we're like oh like i should have been paid for for this thing (laughs) or whatever it is i don't know i just think it's funny i like yeah sometimes i just like laugh at how everything is just the same we just keep like making it different you know like (laughs) Well, that totally. person's a this musician. That person's a classical musician. Like I'm, just, uh, I do this. It's just like no, we're all like in the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a great time to get into the artist wound. Oh yes, this is my favorite topic, Ooh. and I don't think I've brought it up in a couple episodes. Are you gonna but hurt, hurt us? <laughs> the artist wound. Um, no, and it's something I found. I don't know. I I'm an arts. I went to college for arts administration, which is like a huge umbrella term for people that just want to like do management and nonprofit work in the arts and I absolutely love it. And so a lot of my schoolwork was like coming through blogs and news articles and like all of this stuff. And this term that I came across the artist wound is twofold. So the first part of it is like, if your work doesn't have commercial value, is it work worth doing? And I think that that's like a huge artist struggle because we live in a society where commercial value is so important to your everyday life and your time is worth so much money. So it would it be better if we were working and practicing and living in a way that like we could just make art without consequence to your time or consequence to your wallet kind of thing. So it's that balance of time and money and doing what you love kind of thing. But Yeah. So where the wound lies in 
And so, so yeah, the wound lies in in the idea of like, do I do I keep doing something if it doesn't have value? If I'm not if I'm not good at it, or if being good at it doesn't produce money, um, money then does it? Is it something worth doing? Kind of thing. Well, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it came up in my mind when you were talking about I'm going to go play a gig for a hundred bucks and then go to a friend's house and do it for free. Right, or sit yeah. in and do something else for free. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something I struggle with a lot because I don't play music professionally. I don't make art professionally, but I do it for myself. And I've struggled so long with this concept because is it something I should be spending time on if I can't turn it into like a transferable skill? But kind of breaking out of that, like healing that wound and saying that art is made to make oh, you yeah, feel yeah, good yeah. and to make other people around you feel good. And I think that's that's a huge a huge part of mm-hmm. my artist wound was like learning how to heal that and like now I enjoy making art and making music for me and not necessarily for other people. Well, okay, yeah. I have some do you want to have thoughts <laughs> on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say, and you can quote me on this, that capitalism <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> and like the fact that this question even has to be brought up is so sad because like I mean, like I first started playing violin, I was like eight years old and it was all I did all day and Mm. nobody could make me stop. (laughs) I like (laughs) would have to get like dragged out for dinner and like never did I ever think that I could make money doing it. And like now I think that it's like so wonderful that I can and that I've been able to go to school and pursue it. And like it's an actual, you know, like quote unquote career like path. Um, And I don't know. I mean, like, of course, being an artist is hard, but like I do so many things that I could never imagine getting money for. And like money, like or, you know, like wages are not going to make me stop doing the things that I love. So I I mean, like we started making music together, not thinking like, oh, man, we're going to like and we have been really fortunate, like being able to do a lot of things kind of like for free, like mm-hmm. um through like grants and things but like gee i mean i would be making music no matter what Mm. and i don't lose sleep over whether or not it can be my primary source of income because like my heart is just in it like a thousand percent all the time (laughs) that's awesome yeah i so there's like so many things that came up to my or came to mind for me thinking about that it's like a heavy one like i wonder (laughs) i started to consider like what is like what is my artist's wound? Like I don't, I, I never really think of it as like my time being. Like, can I make money off of this? Or like, can I? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do think, is this sustainable? Like what I'm doing? Yeah. Like um, the the work that goes into it, and like the perception of there not being a return on that work. Yeah. And that return can be a lot of things. I think for me personally, I suffer with like or not suffer. I should like remove that from my <laughs> vocabulary. But like for me, the thing that I wrestle with or like often find myself considering is like some level of like validation or to the image of like what I kind of wish or see myself doing or would like to see myself doing. And that's the thing that is like where, where in my wound lies, but then therein lies like, how do you get to those things? Like sometimes it is money. Sometimes it is like getting paid for what you do. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. having, you know, like a capitalist term, like the return on investment coming back, but it's hard, like where, and I, I, it was really like great to hear you say that stuff, Jackie. Cause like, sometimes I, I still like lose 
that the sense of like it's a shame that I say this, but I lose that sense of gratitude that like I get to do this thing. <laughs> like I get to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I get to teach people how to do it. Like I get to try and inspire people or inspire yeah. my friends and like people that I really love and care about. And that's like so cool, you know? So it's pretty, pretty interesting. And like, and then sometimes I've been trying to treat teaching this way, like kind of change my mindset a lot this year is like a lot of people have had to change their mindset, but like playing music is also elective, you know, it can speak to us and like really speak to us, but it's a choice too. Like if I was suffering, if I had this deep wound that made me feel like not valued, made me feel like what I needed to do was like needed to have a monetary value to it. Like I could choose not to do it too, Mm, you know, it's true. Or choose not to participate in that way. And also I started, I was wondering where the wound thing was going to go. Cause like before we started, we were talking about David Lynch a little bit. Yeah. And he has this whole thing. Like you do not need to suffer to make great art, Mm -hmm. which I totally believe in. Yeah. And then he's someone that also, like I find his films really mind boggling and inspiring and they just kind of fit into my aesthetic, I guess, or something. (laughs) But, um, like he just makes stuff all the time. He does. And he never, I mean, in some degree, he may be unconsciously somewhere, but he also like is really into transcendental meditation. So probably like he's pretty in tune with this too. I don't think he's ever thinking like, yeah, this is good. This is going to make some money. So I think to overcome that wound, I feel like intent and purpose is like what makes overcomes all those things. So I think if some, if I started to just turning what I did into like, can I make money on this? And how could I make this make money? Yeah. I feel like that could just never be my intent. Regardless yeah. of needing to eat or pay bills or anything. I don't know. It's a lot to think about, but yeah. it's interesting to find what your wound is. Mine doesn't reside in that like capitalist kind of thing, but it resides in like this s- sustainable self thing, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I always wonder if mine stems from that kind of capitalistic side because arts administration is so like service oriented and, nonprofit money focused and stuff. So I think a lot of the pressure is like you're servicing the artists and the arts organizations. So I get very like in my head about it, but then I forget why I got into that because I like being the person to service artists because I think art is important and I enjoy making art. So definitely a wound still healing, but (laughs) a concept I, I really like. Yeah. I like the idea of like not subscribing to someone else's, artistic wound or whatever it may be or you know but kind of finding your own and then like uh yeah kind of like yeah exploring that yeah we hadn't really thought about it that way because i've always i've brought it up when the conversation of like the day job comes up but totally i like that everyone has their own artist wound and how do you work to heal it ah we may have come up with something there (laughs) (laughs) i think so that's how i'm going to make money Yes. Yes, hundred percent. You'd be like a TED talker. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> making art and Ooh. being happy. <laughs> yeah. What did the process look like for bringing this new album love letter together? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I can talk about it for a little. Sure. Bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after our first record was released. Um, we had already had like a, a slew of new material that we were like getting antsy about and we mm-hmm. were like riding our high from like the six days of touring that we did. And we were like, we got to get in the studio. Like we got to just, we're on it. Like, let's go. Um, and my school offers 
grants for conservatory students. Um, we have a, a winter term every month. So it's like the whole month of January, they kick us out of Ohio. <laughs> and, uh, so in that month, you get to do a project. And so I submitted a grant proposal for a Witherbees winter term so we could record and do some shows. And we ended up getting the grant. And so oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we we started recording in January um, in Philadelphia with Tom Spiker. And um, it was it was a great session, but I was a little under the weather. So like all of the vocals were they were just like scratch takes. And so okay. then the pandemic hit and we had to figure out how to finish the record. Um, so over the summer, we ended up um, recording in Mike's living room with some <laughs> equipment that um, Tom lent us. It was kind of crazy for me because like I we recorded in January, like no one knew what coronavirus was. We were all just hanging yeah. out, like having a good time. And then I had to like revisit all of this music and sing it with a totally different perspective. Um, but then like we we finished those up over the summer and we recorded all of morning. Um, and yeah, and then it was just like another almost year of like wow sitting on it and, and Mike doing all the like mixing and mastering and stuff. Mm. But yeah it was uh yeah it's kind of a wild like little wild ride <laughs> it was so much to sit on for a while and then like and to try and finish with like so much uncertainty and stuff and and kind of like just figuring stuff out as we go like i had never done that i've done like little demo recordings and even some of the f- songs on the record like we demoed together in december 2019 like just kind of working them out yeah and then but that was it if something messed up you know it's like oh whatever let's just try it again or like oh we yeah. know how the song goes out but this is like we're trying to print it for making it into an album and so like learning that stuff on the fly a little bit and trying to make it happen and and like and yeah we recorded the song morning like all in my living room nice. like facing each other mm-hmm. you know which is just like super cool and i think you can hear it on the song it's just like so neat like the intimacy in that yeah it's like the process is really, really kind of crazy. You know, before the thing I love about this record, not only do you hear the intimacy of like that moment, but um, we also recorded all the rhythm section stuff. Like when we recorded with Tom, we recorded all in the same room. And our first record was just very isolated as a way that like I was used to working and other projects I've done, mm-hmm. but it just didn't, it, it works for the first record and i think it works it could work for anybody it could work for us in the future or whatever but definitely during a pandemic everyone's yeah. in the <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, but just us being in the same room and like getting to that intimacy that we talked about in some of our live shows or yeah it's just like totally what the sound of the band is about you know and so um it just was like really wonderful to have that opportunity when we did finish mm-hmm. like playing all those release shows in august we did a recording session and pretty much like most of it we scrapped and we released some cover songs just to kind of like, I don't know, I guess in terms of that, like, is if I make something, is it worth it thing? I was like, well, we have this stuff. Let's just like have it out there as a calling card. Yeah. It was kind of my thought. And so we have this like little EP called Tribute Valley that has a bunch of cover songs on it um, that came from that session. But yeah, that was just nice to like leave that, cut the cord on that stuff. So it's like the first drummer that we had and we have a new drummer and then like to just re- address everything and have like a bunch of new songs and it was just like oh this is it you know is there a favorite off the new album yeah i think like unanimously morning is is the favorite um 
I mean, I guess everyone likes it for a different reason. I love just like the sound world of it. It's very different from the rest of the record because mm. um, Justin and Kyle are both actually not on it because it was just Mike and I in, in his living room recording it. Um, yeah, I just love the like space of it. Um, the like lyrical story not to toot my own horn but i feel like i did a pretty good job (laughs) and it's also the first song um that we have recorded that was like co-written by by me and mike so that's super cool yeah i yeah i love the song for all those reasons and like we were just talking about the intimacy of like recording it and like the urgency of it but then the the unknown like i feel like all that is sort of at least i can hear it when i listen to it i feel like all that's present in the recording Yeah. yeah you know and the, the lyrics just have a lot of kind of like, um, I, I Jackie does this great thing where I, I call it like dovetails, like where like one line will kind of feed the next one, but mm. recontextualize the one that happened before it, you know? And, uh, and so this song I think has a lot of that, like the play on words of morning, like early morning, you know, beginning of the day, but then morning with a U of like morning a loss. And so I just, and there's, but there's this like composure to the song in the lyrics that is so like poetic in that moment or yeah. something. It's just like, I love that. And then I had, I don't know, sometimes I just have ideas and like, what do you think of this? And so like, and they're like, sure, try it. And so one of them was to have our friend, Tom recording engineer play pedal steel guitar Ooh, on this cool. song, which I think just adds such a cool layer, but that was all done. Like email him the song and he goes, Oh, cool song. And I was like, yeah, here's a lead sheet for it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then plays it, sends it back. And then I just mess with it. And that's yeah. it. You know, but it's cool to have that kind of element too on a very acoustic, like in your, you know, like right in front of you kind of song, mm-hmm. but it has all this like, yeah, like, Oh, here, I sent you this and like, Oh, send this back. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to add some effects on it. And this, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's cool. On a lot of your albums and a lot of your stuff on Spotify, there is is a lot of cover music. Is there a favorite one that you guys have favorite cover you like to do? I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so probably my favorite right now is on the new record and it's our cover of uh, the Beach Boys song. I just wasn't made for these times. Uh, we have this kind of knack for like deconstructing songs or like blowing in the pieces a little bit and seeing mm-hmm. how they can get put back together. And that song is a great example of it. It's also like the lone cover song on this record, which is different from our first one, which leaned on kind of heavy on covers. Mm. Um, or if you went to see us live, like especially the last time we could really play live a lot, lean on cover songs. Um, yeah, I think that's my favorite right now because it's just like, I don't know, one of those ideas that like I had for an arrangement. I thought like, why hasn't anybody done this before? This is such a good idea. You yeah. know, like the lyrics kind of beg for like, something to go wrong you know it says <laughs> something goes wrong so it's like let's do it you know yeah and i think that's really fun um and it's just really fun to play in that um i just wasn't made for these times is also one of my favorite ones um just because i get to be the one that that cues everything going wrong and it's like <laughs> you know i get to tell that story of just like things falling apart and i love the way that we go out on it like a lot Mm. of the a lot of the things that we do that have open sections it's like more like just like tonal or like on uh like we're in e but this is really just like noise and chaos and it's like (laughs) so much fun to do and it's like different every time um but i also um on the first record we do a cover of waterfalls uh by paul mccartney and 
that one is like has a special place in my heart just because I mean I grew up just like listening and loving the Beatles so much and so did Mike so like this that was one of the songs that we did um I think as Lehigh Valley musicians we we have to have a of a kind of feeling about cover music. I mean, we couldn't play in the Lehigh Valley, I think, if we didn't play some covers. That's fair. Um, the direction that we're going is definitely more, like, original-oriented. Um, but I think covers will always be a part of what we do because it's, I mean, mm. it's a lot of fun and people love being like, man, what the heck did you do to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that story you have of, like, uh, I think when we did our first session, we cover a Wilco song on our first record and we kind of like dismantle that one a little bit. I, I love a good cover song, you know, like, and I think in truly the word tribute is like, I think we do pay tribute to these artists that we love because like they're very like sincere and like direct and, and inspiring artists. And like, look, like we're, we're taking what you've done and like, this is how it inspires us. Or this is an idea we had on it. You know, where I do like lose interest in cover songs is just like, there's no essence of the person there, you know, mm -hmm. there's no like, mm. I mean, could you imagine like, a? I, well, I guess there are people that do this, but I don't really engage with it. Like, are there like cover painters or like, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like cover? Oh, I think, yeah, I think like stylistically yeah. that's similar to music where people like build on. Yeah. But do like, like a recreation. Yeah. A like painting. a verbatim, oh. you know, I guess you do it in school. Um, yeah. You probably do it in school maybe or like, like but that's like in the art world they're like in visual art like as like a neophyte kind of understanding of that stuff but it's like that would be a counterfeit you know yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. so like as i'm thinking about right now like or if i did a tribute to like david lynch he'd be like dude like <laughs> i would hear from his lawyer you know yeah right but with music like it's interesting that music can be like songs can be licensed it is interesting like trying to make music that you believe in that you care about on a personal level. And like, that's not to suggest that anybody doesn't believe in or care about doing that stuff on a personal level, but it's just yeah. like, here's like something of our creation of our creative volition and, and time and intent and purpose. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, play something we know, you know, or something <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, it's interesting, you know, but I love a good cover song. Back to the real question. <laughs> I really got on my soapbox for a moment. But I saw it. I saw the opportunity. So I went for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And Carpe I think soapbox. Jackie made a point earlier about saying that between live performance and recorded music, that once you record something, you have to listen to it over and over again as the way that you did it that day at that time. Mm. And I think that's a funny connection with like cover songs is, like music is living and breathing and like it can always be changing and you can recreate someone else's music to sound in your style back to that idea of like the essence of the person is so important in music so i like that i like the little yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah like the idea of i think if we were interested in being actors we pursue theater you know mm -hmm. and i think there's like something really beautiful about like taking on another like being able to inhabit another personality yeah, like yeah, on stage to tell a story, you know, and like great artists, uh, musical artists like David Bowie or people like that have done this historically. Yeah. But yeah, like just, I could, I could just never find myself like as a working musician inhabiting another personality to perform. That's not my own, you know, yeah. Yeah. that would be yeah. like really, wow. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but that just like tripped me up a little bit. That's like, yeah. but I just couldn't do it. You I know? Think, yeah. I think also like, 
I mean, I talked about like, oh man, why did I sing that that way? Like, what if the original artist felt that way? And now there's like a hundred people that get paid to do exactly that riff. And they're just like, oh God, it's my worst nightmare. Like there are other people that are doing it exactly the same that I did. Like, that's just, yeah. So I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this, but since you brought it up earlier, um, there is a collaboration in the works with your new oh. album. Do you want to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, a yeah, sure. Bit? Yeah, we're working. So, um, like as any, I guess, like white male my age, like spent a lot of time at craft breweries or whatever, and so um, I spent a lot of my career like playing at a brewery near Philadelphia. I had like a residency there for like almost seven or eight years, and then, but. Locally, I've developed a friendship with uh, Sam at Bond Place, and so he is a big supporter of ours. I so I can do the layout, but he uh, he knows how to use Photoshop. I haven't learned that one yet, and so he <laughs> helped me do the final layout for the record. And so he's been like part of the process in that sense. And then I don't know. I think you know his beer is probably part of the process. We've played there a couple times. <laughs> Actually, like I think our first live gig was there, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 That that Saturday thing. Yeah. 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 So he's just been, he's a dear friend of mine and ours and supporter of the band. So we're doing this collaborative um, beer release, record release party at Bond Place on June 22nd, which is a Tuesday night, um, which is going to be ticketed. And it's for like, I guess like beer and food enthusiasts and music enthusiasts. So it's like for people like ourselves, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're doing a, um, a beer together that Jackie's going to collaborate on the label with Sam and you can get a ticket, see us play. It's going to be some cool food and some, some beer too. So keep an eye out for that. I think we'll be probably rolling that out. Hopefully by the time this airs, they'll be like out and people can buy tickets. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned, but you're, I'm sure it'll come up on Instagram because you guys have an awesome account. You share video content and music content. But uh, if you want to follow them on Instagram, it's at the Witherbees. Yes. Very good. And that's W-I-T-H-E-R-B-E-E-S. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on today. Thank yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> thanks for having us. Throughout this episode, we brought up the Ice House performance of the Witherbees. So our opportunity for the week is the Ice House Tonight YouTube channel. They have a lot of great content by Lehigh Valley artists that were recorded over the past year. Go and check it out, guys. In addition, keep an eye out for any of their upcoming in-person shows. Thanks again for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. If you've been keeping up with us, please consider leaving us a review and following us on both social media and your favorite streaming service. We'll see you next week.